Hello and welcome to the 905er podcast. I'm Roland Tanner. I am Joel McLeod. This is an episode which came about because I saw a movie at a big multiplex movie theatre. But it's not an episode about Spider-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy. Instead, it's a word-of-mouth recommendation which led me to Silver City, Burlington, a few months ago to see a film that was not only showing in Burlington, but which is in many ways about Burlington or about what it's like growing up in the Canadian suburbs of the 905 region. Movies set in Burlington or any other 905 city are hardly ten a penny, so it was obviously a good subject for the 905er to cover. But it was mainly because I enjoyed the movie so much that we asked writer and director Chandler Lavac to join us. I Like Movies is the debut film from Chandler Lavac, set in 2003 and telling the story of Lawrence Queller, a 17-year-old boy attending Aldershot School in Burlington who is obsessed with movies and movie making, and who is hired to work in his local video store. Levac grew up in Burlington and attended the real-life Aldershot School, and so the film has a clear autobiographical side. But Levac chose to make her protagonist male rather than female, something that allows her to explore the world of obsessive young men in a fresh and interesting way. Isaiah Lettinen gives an outstanding performance as the awkward and sometimes infuriating Lawrence, and the movie features a number of other excellent portrayals from his co-stars, most obviously from Romina Dugo as Alana, Lawrence's long-suffering boss at the video store. If you would like to see I Like Movies, it's released today to on-demand services such as YouTube Movies and Amazon Prime for viewing at home. More details can be found online at mongrelmedia.com. We're delighted to welcome Chandler Levac onto the podcast to talk more about I Like Movies. Uh, welcome, Chandler Levac, uh, writer and director of uh, I Like Movies, to the Nine of Over podcast. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thanks for having me. And uh, I just want to start off by saying I, I saw the movie myself uh, when it was on uh, uh, the uh, Burlington uh, Silver Cities. I think it is uh, the, the 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 big movie theater there, and uh, absolutely loved it. I can say, and it was kind of. The extent to which I liked this film was why we really wanted to speak to you. Uh, and obviously, because it's also set in not just the 905, which is our purview, but in uh, Burlington, which is a city that Joel and I are very familiar with. Joel hasn't had the chance to see it yet. Um, so no, just yet. listeners, just bear that in mind. But, but I have, and uh, uh, we're really excited to, to speak to uh, uh, Chandler about the background to the movie and uh, everything to do with it. So uh, perhaps that's the way to sort of kick off. Um, for for those who uh, haven't heard about the movie, um, can you give us your, your the the give us a kind of uh, background to what it's about and uh, and and how you came to make it? Um, yeah, well, it's I grew up in Burlington. Um, you know, from maybe grade five to when I graduated high school. So, um, I, and I worked at Blockbuster Video <laughs> on Brand Street. So. The film kind of takes place in Burlington in the year 2003, and it's about this very pretentious teenage cinephile who uh, gets what he thinks is his dream job at like a local corporate video store. Um, and it kind of chronicles his, his last year of high school and this sort of complicated friendship that he creates with his, his older female manager at the store. And uh, I guess, uh, uh, I mean, this is there obviously that there's a there's a autobiographical parallel you've um there's a sort of change of gender there and the, the, i guess you were a, a cinephile uh, uh 
at school and you chose to make that switch to to a male character is what uh, what made you decide to do that i saw in some of the other interviews you've done that was like a very conscious decision to kind of uh, change the way the the character was viewed can you explain something about that yeah well i, I don't know i i kind of uh i feel like a lot of times female filmmakers are sort of kind of expected that we can only write female characters and there's there's not a lot of movies that have been you know made by women that are about young men for whatever reason I can't really think of any and you know I think there's something interesting about this idea of maybe women seeing men at a different angle than maybe they can see themselves and sort of exploring this kind of coming of age movie where it's about a young boy but actually his sort of coming of age is sort of dictated by this relationship that he has with an older woman that isn't sexualized um and, and I don't know, and it was just something that this character of Lawrence just really connected with him for whatever reason. I know he's a lot, um, but uh, yeah, I just, um, and, I, and I feel like I know a lot of sort of grown up older men that are maybe, um, that that also love film and and there's this idea of kind of the, the film bro, the toxic film bro and you know, for better or worse, I was very curious about kind of what made those guys tick, you know, especially when they were teenagers at a really formative part of their lives. And there was a way to kind of maybe set them on a path of healing before it's too late. That actually, that really resonated with me, actually, I have to say. And I, I just, it, I remember, and I mean, I grew up in a different country, not in Burlington, but there were the, uh, there were kind of the muso kids who were into the music and there were the film kids uh, and the for whatever reason, the the boys in particular tended to be very very obsessive about whichever one they they chose, um, uh, and it was you know it was almost like a kind of gang thing. You know, it was like well you can't like this band. I mean, I was more of the music side of things for whatever reason, and it's like you can't like this band. You know, this is off limits. And it, it, uh, yeah, it, was, it very much uh, it was a sort of familiar um, uh, uh, story of this kind of almost obsessive. Um, love for something whether it's music or film or or whatever uh, but also how you handled it um there is a sort of toxicity to that but underneath that is also just a kid who's kind of uh, very sweet as well at the same time as being um difficult at times during the movie <laughs> so yeah I th- thought I really sort of enjoyed that that part of things now um I guess I mean the other que- the other question which usually leaves to my mind is like you know when I have no familiarity with getting movies made but I certainly know that it ain't easy. Um, when you go to uh, the people who fund movies and say I'd like to make a film about Burlington, um, <laughs> what kind of reaction do you get? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, this was a really independent film, so we made it with um, like a micro budget grant from Telefilm. Uh, $125,000. Really? And it doesn't, and I have to say, it doesn't, uh, no point was I, this is a low budget movie. This <laughs> is like this, I, I really can't, um, uh, it comes across like a really well done thing. That's just, I oh, mean, thanks. I um, had great producers um, and a great, uh, you know, uh, production team also. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, it was just really important. I really wanted to kind of be as faithful to my own personal experiences growing up in Burlington and kind of memorialize this place that, that as you mentioned, kind of doesn't often have kind of songs sung about itself and, uh, and really kind of pay tribute to this sort of 
suburban experience that I had growing up. I mean, I think it's kind of a love letter to Burlington. I don't know if, uh, you know, I think it's his treatment of, or his idea of Burlington is a bit tongue in cheek, but I think everyone has kind of a complicated relationship with the, their hometown and the place that they grew up in. And uh, it was really exciting to me to be able to kind of memorialize it. I, I think anybody who's anybody from Burlington, certainly and anybody from, from Hamilton, Oakville is, is going to get that. And I, I, I felt, I mean, there are movies which are set in kind of the American suburbs, I think, you know, like Clerks and films like that, which are kind of, um, but there's a difference. There, there is actually a distinction between a Canadian suburb and uh, an American suburb. And and also it's done with with maybe more affection than, say, Clerks was, <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, it there's some really nice shots of the of the skyway bridge and stuff uh that particularly stick in my mind and uh uh just that kind of uh snowy suburb i guess is slightly different from from the canadian perspective that, that was really good to see um but um uh, and now i mean the the young actor who plays the main uh, uh character uh really stellar performance because he's he is really in every shot pretty much is that right yeah uh, I mean how do you go about casting someone like that um yeah I mean he's a discovery it's his first time leading a feature Isaiah Lettinen um and I, he's incredible um we did a Canada-wide casting search um and I think over 300 actors submitted self-tapes for the part it was all over zoom because we we shot the film at the height of the third wave of the pandemic which was another <laughs> challenge wow, yes. yeah yeah um but, you know, um, yeah, there was just something about Isaiah. He's, he instantly was so captivating to me. And, and, and I think that he brings so much, uh, you know, not only like incredible comic timing and but he's also really he's an incredible actor. He's really intense. Um, and it was funny. I remember showing my mom his audition tape and she was like, you shouldn't cast him because he's he's too much like what you were like as a teenager. It's going to freak people out. And, uh, people. <laughs> And I was like, okay, he just got the part. Thanks, mom. Well, yeah, there's going to be. What, yeah. <laughs> I, I, when Ron uh, uh, threw, threw this idea for this episode past me, he was mentioning how he saw this movie. It's like it's it's such a fantastic homage to to Burlington. And he, we were doing research on you uh, to say like, what, what's the what's the 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 you know who, who are we going to be talking to? <laughs> what got me was the fact that you. You and I worked at the same blockbuster. You really? The one, the one on Branch Street or across no Central way. High School, right? Yeah. Yeah, I worked there from like ninety, late nineties, ninety seven to ninety nine. That's or two thousand. Yeah. Wow. So my question to you is, because um, this is gonna, you know, you no doubt got to take advantage of the ten free movies a month deal from Blockbuster. <laughs> ten uh, free movies or free rentals a week. Yeah, well, it was yeah, ten free was a week. Or, I can't remember. It was like it was ten, like yeah, ten a week, ten free movies a week. Yeah, um, I mean that that was that was like that was like your Netflix for the modern age. Like if you're if you're a blockbuster employee, like that. that if you think about it, that was like that's a huge deal. I'm wondering how how you know because I know there's other kids like here in Burlington. It's like there's not a lot to do if unless you're playing sports staying in watching movies going down that that rabbit hole and i'm 
you know, can you kind of tell us like a little bit about like like, like growing up, like how, how that influenced or how, how that fueled your passion for films from a, from a filmmaker's perspective? And just, you know, how do you, how do you go from a, a teenager who just loves films into this is my career and this is my, my life's passion that I want to, uh, I want to explore. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think that also is just culturally a really different time, right? I grew up in mm-hmm. their late, you know, in Burlington, sort of in the late nineties, early two thousands. So you didn't have access to anything. Right. I wanted to, you know, find out who the Velvet Underground were. I had to go to like Central Library, check out the CD, <laughs> burn it to my dad's computer. And then I was like, now I can listen to it. You know, it was like, I think very end at the end of high school was kind of when like Napster was beginning. So I remember I yeah, had like, yeah, yeah. my dad wouldn't let me download it because he was afraid like the cops were going to come to our house. And <laughs> I wanted to listen to like a Weezer song. <laughs> So I had like one friend who had like the ability to download music. And I remember like writing this list of songs. I wanted her to make me a mix CD and I had to pay her $20. And she's like, okay, Chandler, well, I'm going to have to be at home for six hours downloading all these songs. <laughs> so it's just like a completely different time culturally. And, and all you really had was like media telling you things. So like much music was a huge thing for me. Um, you know, magazines like spin magazine where I later uh, wrote for an intern dad, um, um, and then, and then Blockbuster was like everything because that was like the only way to like have access to culture, mm-hmm. essentially, other than the Burlington Silver City where my film played, which was an incredible full circle moment for me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, block, I remember just like, yeah, begging my mom to drive me to Blockbuster and then she would get mad because I would spend like two hours walking around the store, <laughs> like deciding what I was going to rent, probably getting the movies from you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, to think about. And then because um, that was our that was our place that we rented movies at. So, you, yeah, you totally were the person, you know, renting. Fri- Friday just- night, Friday and Saturday night. I was behind Absolutely. the counter. Probably. Nice to see you again. <laughs> we'll talk about your late fees. Yeah, I was probably massive. <laughs> well, late fees play a fairly big part in the movie. Uh, yes. Along with that, that that free uh, free uh, limit. <laughs> both both of those are big big plot points. <laughs> that, Absolutely. Well, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but movie that that does not get returned and just brings <laughs> out fines. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I think also like I felt really I mean, the movie kind of touches on this, too, but I felt kind of estranged a little bit from from people. So I think, you know, movies and and culture and, and music and stuff. I mean, that was kind of this like way in for me to like a different world outside of Burlington, made me think about my future and kind of just and then it was like this time where I was like absolutely falling in love with everything that I rented and really defining myself by that. So Blockbuster kind of was my film school before I went to film school. And, you know, I, I guess I, I'm curious because we're, we're doing this by the time this episode comes out, uh, it'll be just in time for the on-demand release for uh, I, I like movies. And I, I'm, I'm curious, like, I think, I think you have a unique perspective on, on this question, on this question of that point, that point in time, when you know the the video cassette, and we had to go see movies in the theater, we had and we kind of had to go dictated on a schedule. As opposed to now, when I think movie watching is much more one on one, much more intimate. Um, you know, I, I'm curious, like, what, what what was your motivation to film this movie at that point in time, 
and I guess our pop culture zeitgeist moment, as opposed to kind of trying to take a, a more intimate, the, the current frame of mind today of kids being able to download movies and kind of doing their own research at home is, you know, what is it, is a just what we do to kind of you film what you know, or is it what uh, just what was that motivation there? Yeah. I don't think there's anything cinematic about watching like a person like log on to Netflix and press a button first and foremost. Um, and, you know, I feel like there's never been like a coming of age movie that's set in like a corporate blockbuster video store, you know, before. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like I, a lot of people are nostalgic for video stores and that time in popular culture kind of, it was like the last moment where you really had to learn about art through physical objects as opposed to having access to everything. And I'm sure there's lots of things that we've, we've gained from that. And certainly um, youth today are, are so much more knowledgeable about both things, but I think also things are so much more disposable at the same time, you know, when you rent that copy of the Italian job at Blockbuster, you know, and then you owned it for a weekend, like there's so much more incentive to actually watch it and um, treat it with respect than if you just kind of like, you know, there's so many movies now, I'll watch the first five, 10 minutes and then go on my phone. And there's something like, I don't know, just sacred about video stores. And I think the way that you would be more curious and you'd actually, there's something about the, the power of like an image on a, the cover of a, of, a, of a movie that could change your life, you know, as opposed to now when it's like, I just feel like when I look at Netflix, I see the same 10 movies being offered mm-hmm. to every time. I, I'm the only one here who's, probably old enough well not know probably about it he's <laughs> definitely old enough to remember a time before before blockbusters existed before video even and uh and i remember sort of being in my sort of 20s and stuff and we used to curse about blockbuster because we didn't feel it was good enough and oh yeah they only have okay. the mainstream stuff and well <laughs> this may be britain i'm not saying that this was and i'm not no disrespect to blockbuster i'm coming to the good bit in a second but um you know we were snobby arts folk and it's like oh they don't have rumble fish or whatever you know you but were we actually sort of um uh spoiled in those days a bit um more than we realized at the time is it's a question we kind of want to, want to get to because i know that i'm paying a hell of a lot of money for netflix or actually i'm not paying for netflix because they have been really mean to people recently <laughs> but to the other the other the other uh, uh guys and and you think, well, I've got choice of everything, but actually it never seems that you actually have that film that I want to see. Is it, uh, Do we have a kind of false impression of the amount of choice that we do have uh, today? Um, yeah, I mean, I read a statistic that said that the average blockbuster had um, about 10,000 movie titles in it. And, and on Netflix, it's a maximum of 300,000. And there's, you know, they're on, on streaming services. Also movies are getting deleted all the time. You know, I can't, I mean, whenever I look at Netflix, they never have the movie that I'm looking yeah, for. Uh, that, that's, <laughs> I just noticed that all the time. It's like, Oh, I really want to see, you know, X. Um, the, the one I'm always looking for is with nail and I, my teenage kind of, you know, like learning every line of a movie film. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> I used to have it on a VHS, but I don't have a VHS machine anymore. <laughs> yeah, there's something about DVDs that are like actually built to last, and um, you know, and you could reliably know that like probably that that copy of Whitney and I is not getting checked out every, yeah. every weekend. <laughs> it's, um, it's 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 a, it's a, I'm definitely yeah. Well, 
someone like yourself's heard of it, but not. <laughs> but uh, well, I mean, it's. Uh, I just want to say, I mean, it's it's a beautiful film. It's it's it has a lot of humor in it. It has a lot of uh, really, um, you know, it, it's. I can't recommend it highly enough, and I'm not just saying that because it's set in Burlington. I, I kind of came across it via word of mouth and um, was uh, really enjoyed it as much as more than in many, many films I've seen in recent years. So uh, I can't speak about that highly enough. But what's next for you, I guess? I mean, have you got a, is your next film about Oakville or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next one said in uh, is Brampton or. <laughs> Just work your way around 905. That'd be perfect <laughs> for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, my next film. Well, I mean, I'm I'm waiting to hear back about, um, you know, uh, whether or not the the Canadian government will let me keep making movies about uh, really pretentious, uh, narcissistic young people that are obsessed with popular <laughs> culture. Um, but I, hopefully, the next film I would make would actually be set in in Montreal. Um, yeah. But I think the character will still be from Burlington. So <laughs> cool. I kind of like the idea of maybe creating this sort of fictional universe, like the way that like John Waters always sets his movies in uh, Baltimore or like, you know, um, a, a fictional Burlington. Yeah. Like that. The, the main character is always from Burlington. <laughs> I, I, that would, that would be revolutionary for Burlington. Cause I don't think anybody <laughs> would, would dare imagine well, I mean, the old saying goes growing up here, everything, we always called it Borington because nothing happened yeah. here. If you successfully create a cinematic universe of Burlington, <laughs> um, my uh, kudos to you. Like just <laughs> my, my tip of the cap for the, to the, to that, if you're able to pull well, that off. And to an extent, we, we've created this podcast because, you know, the 905 is a pejorative, right? It's what people from Toronto say about people from burlington wherever it's like oh, the, the damn 905 is a clogging up the streets you know um and it's that that is boring and that there's no culture and that and we thought well this this is actually where most people live certainly in ontario yeah. where most of us are 905ers right uh, and yet the media doesn't really cover it uh, it's very, it tends to be toronto centric you know apart from election time when suddenly the 905 is what swings it uh the, you know people pay more of attention and I guess Burlington, to an extent, is kind of Main Street Canada, isn't it? It's 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 a uh, well, certainly Main Street Ontario. I don't know. It, it kind of it's like a lot of places that most of us actually live. Is that sort of fair? Yeah, point I think I think that's the thing. Like uh, you know, my film has a lot of sort of suburban iconography of like strip malls and power lines and parking lots and stuff. But like most of Canada, most of North America actually looks like that. It doesn't really look. And I think Canadian cinema is always said in like, it's either Toronto or, you know, like yeah. a regional small town in Quebec, or it's like a Newfoundland fishing village. And there's like no other stories. It's true, and, isn't it? And, and we think, I mean, I'm just thinking of like, um, was it the, 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 the films that um, Glenn Gould did back in the sort of seventies and stuff, which are all about the North and everything. This, but most of us never actually go there and it, it's kind of tragic, but it's, we live in suburbia and uh yeah it's yeah and there's i think there's something about you know like if you do live in a place that kind of is boring and has nothing you know culturally exciting going on about it you you it's like sort of if you're an artist you have to like you have a duty to romanticize whatever's in front of you you know and uh i think there was something about all that kind of longing and like wanting to be somewhere else and that actually was maybe useful as a, a teenager um 
and certainly made me then super excited and curious about culture because that was sort of my fueled my kind of inner fantasy life or something instead. And now I feel like I have a really like soft nostalgic spot for, for Burlington. My dad still lives there. And during the pandemic, um, I lived with him for a little while and, and I spent a lot of time in Burlington and I was just there, you know, two days ago. And now I feel like Burlington is kind of my like comfort, like security blanket or something. Like when I go back, I actually like have sort of this warm nostalgic spot for like going back and to the places I went as a teenager, like, uh, does, you know, I, I have this theory that, that there's this weird thing that wherever we're born, wherever we're from and wherever we spend time from as a child, I came from a town called Slough in England, which is, a, a, a it's not, it's a joke. It's the butt of many jokes. Mm-hmm. It's where the original British office was set in Slough. And it's, oh, wow. they set it yeah. there because it's like, where's, where's a place that everybody loathes? Slough. <laughs> so it's, it's, um, actually, it wouldn't be fair to compare it to Burlington. That, 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 um, but if I go back there, which doesn't happen very often, because I don't have any family there anymore, there's just that f- sense of familiarity and being at home that you don't get anywhere else. And it, it, it's, it. I mean, I felt that came through in the movie. That kind of you, Burlington may not win the prizes for most stunning scenery in the world, but it comes across very nicely in, in, I felt in the movie that that kind of affection for that, um, I can't think of the right word, but the affection for, for, for that sense of place, I guess. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I just feel like, um, I just wanted to be sort of honest and authentic about my own experiences. And I feel like, uh, that's all I want to do with this film. And, um, so setting in Burlington. I mean, where else would I set it? That's where I grew up as a teenager. And uh, I don't know. I just felt like there was something kind of exciting about actually being the first person to depict Burlington on screen. It's kind of a big responsibility, actually. I was just going to point out, though, in my research for this uh, bit, the movie is being quite praised uh, internationally. You're, you're getting quite the uh, the attention, I believe, in Taiwan was a, a big market that was very receptive to uh, to the film, and so yeah, you know, you're not, you're not only are you a filmmaker of note and broken, now you're kind of like our international ambassador <laughs> of, of culture. That now you 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 know, I don't think you can make a bad film about Burlington anymore because um, you know we 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 don't want people in Taiwan or or elsewhere around the world to have a bad <laughs> bad impression of us, but you know. Yeah. The, the, what, and what, yet, what, no key to the city, city yet. Come on, Marianne, get on it. Let's do it. <laughs> I tweeted at. <laughs> what, what, like, what, what, what does that change your your perspective uh, uh, going forward a bit? That I mean, you're, this film is really well received, very positive. You know, does it does that change your 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 motivation for the next one or or for future projects at, at all? To uh, from an artistic perspective. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it's funny. I just got back from Argentina two days ago. I was playing at a film festival in, in Buenos Aires. Um, oh, nice. And, uh, and it won an award there. Um, and oh, it's cool. very nice. It's Congrats. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I've been taking the film like all over the world since it premiered at TIFF in September. So I've been to, uh, Norway and Taiwan and, um, uh, you know, uh, California and um, it's going to play in Seattle in two weeks and then it's going to play in Australia. And so it's like definitely ex- exceeded my like wildest imagination. And um, I really, it's been really fascinating because I think 
you know, in Southern Ontario, it like kills. <laughs> like, like when you, when you show this movie in like Guelph or Hamilton or in Burlington, like, and, and I, I went to the Burlington Silver City and I watched it, you know, and it was amazing to see people being like, oh my God, LaSalle Park, or they mentioned yeah, yeah. Woods and there's something kind of so thrilling, I think, about seeing yourself represented on screen. But then I was, you know, I was like, how is this thing going to play in Taiwan? Like, there's no way that anyone in Taiwan would would understand a, a single thing. And it was amazing to see how people were like, I saw it three times. I'm going back tomorrow. And it just kind of shows that I think the more specific you are about your own experiences, the more that other people can relate to it. Um, and I think going forward, it's just, I mean, it's it's very legitimizing to feel like you know, in my second feature or the more films I want to make, like that, the more honest and authentic I am about, you know, my own experiences growing up, um, that, that that's just the way forward. That's how people can relate to anything that you make, I think. And I just want to give a shout out to Aldershot School, which is yeah. uh, how I learned about the movie. My, my, my girlfriend is actually a teacher at Aldershot School. Really? And oh, that's uh, so cool. I believe one of the actors in, in, in the film was formerly a teacher there as well. Is Does that ring a bell with you or... I don't uh, believe so. Oh, okay. I, maybe, well, maybe it's like the I don't know. No, I'm getting my uh, facts one of the wrong, characters but... uh, that I, that one I named one of the characters the the media class teacher after my media class teacher who was at Aldershot, Mr. Old. That that's what it was. That's what it and was. And I got yeah. to actually show him the movie, and he came to our premiere in Hamilton, yeah. and so that was really nice. And uh, it's it's yeah, it's funny that I I. Uh, uh, well, it's it's a school. Obviously, a lot of people in Burlington will be familiar with, and and uh, uh, it's good, it's good to see uh, a product of Burlington uh, coming out. And and I guess obviously you were that child who was obsessed with movies when 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 you were uh, at high school. Um, the uh, I, I don't want to give away too much of the plot, but I mean, um, um, uh, the main character is he has very high ambitions for his sort of movie career. And um, <laughs> part of the movie is, is a kind of struggle between what's realistic and what's what's possible and his actual abilities and blah, blah, blah. Uh, is that a kind of thing that you were going through at the same time? Uh, uh, and there's, a, there's another uh, character who, um, who sort of appears like she might be surpassing him in kind of skill and right. just getting stuff done. Uh, were you sort of one or both of those characters at the same time? Um. I mean, I think I was really ambitious in high school and uh, and wanted to get out of Burlington as, as quickly as possible. Um, but I wasn't as ambitious as Lawrence to think that I could apply to like NYU's film school. I definitely got the catalog, but just so I could kind of look at it as like a fetish object. <laughs> um, but my my kind of dream was to go to U of T and, and study film. And, and that's that is where I went. Uh, I studied cinema studies at the University of Toronto. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think also um, I the movie that I made terrible movies in high school, like worse than anything that appears in the film, <laughs> um, like so cringe. And they were definitely just ripoffs of other movies that I loved, like kind of using the the soundtracks from like Reservoir Dogs and uh, Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> you know, they were horrible. I made horrible films, and I don't think I was um, that talented. Um, but uh, but certainly my my love of cinema kind of uh, propelled me forward. But it, I think it also just took me a long time to admit to myself that I wanted to be a filmmaker. You know, for a long time, I, I didn't think that I was uh, 
talented enough or really knew what I wanted to say. Um, well, there's kind of that thing, isn't there? And I, I definitely had this growing up in my hometown. It's like, well, people who make movies, or in my case, I wanted to be like a musician and stuff and, you know, use Flash. I'm not. <laughs> but part of it was like, well, people from, people from this town don't do that kind of thing. You know, the, people who do that come from Toronto or come from London or come from, uh, you know, New York or wherever. And there's an extra barrier that you do actually have to sort of get over if you're from the suburbs, I guess. Do you think that's kind of played on, on your mind as well? Um, well, I mean, Jim Carrey went to Aldershot. Well, that's true, isn't it? Right? <laughs> Wellington's got a history, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it was more just like I didn't feel like I had anybody to kind of share my interests, share mm. my passions with or something. I mean, I think I, and I think also the the people that I, that I did have that were my friends, I, I think I felt, I think I alienated them from just kind of how intensely uh, pretentious I was. Um with with good reason so I think and the film kind of uh you know tracks that experience as well um but yeah I, I think maybe that's why hopefully if more people make art about places like Burlington other people can feel like it's it's possible for them or that they don't have to feel as alone or something um I guess that that that, that maybe that's my hope uh, well we we should probably uh, reaching the end of our time. I just yeah. I want to give a shout out. Oh, we haven't mentioned about some of the other characters in the film, and I was really thought the uh, um, we've talked about Lawrence, obviously as sort of the main character, uh, and uh, you'll have to forgive me um, for having not prepared properly and written down the characters' names uh, and not having a good name <laughs> memory. <laughs> but the uh, the blockbuster manager character is fantastic. And, oh, um, thank you. Elena, yeah, yeah. by Romina Dugo. Who's, yeah. uh, who's and and uh, Lawrence's uh, mom as well is uh, that those the sort of two really important female characters in the film I, I thought were were just really, really terrifically well done. And uh, thank you. Um, uh, yeah. I, we should wrap it up at this point, but um, uh, as I think probably people can tell by now, I really liked the movie. Uh, I liked, I like movies um, a lot and uh, highly recommend that uh, listeners go and uh, find it. Um, not just because you live in the right part of the world, but because it's really good. Um, and uh, we and really appreciate You can, you can check it out. I think I, you have so much I will, you as I, a blockbuster employee yourself. Well, I, I, you're shaming me into it, but it's working. Uh, and no, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what you do. Next. I mean, I am going to see this. My wife and I will probably go find a date night to do it. I'll be honest. That is, that is a big kicker when you have kids. You know, I know, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a kicker to find a, a, the babysitter and what are you going to do with that? And so, but I will say, because uh, this is coming out in time for the on-demand release for I Like Movies. I'll be honest, that's where I watch most of my movies is on demand <laughs> at home in my pajamas with fresh popcorn. That um, sounds so nice. As a as a as a bl- former blockbuster employee, as I should be watching all my movies from now on in my pajamas, <laughs> in my basement, fresh popcorn. But thank you very much for thank you very much for coming on and sharing with us. Uh we do wish you nothing but the best for future and we can't wait to see you at the oscars at some point in the uh yeah. in the very Great. near future and we expect to be at least thanked in the uh <laughs> in the speech absolutely and um you know and and we'll all go out for dimitri's ice cream after. you're the, like like this is this is why i like talking to you. you're the only one who, like you say stuff i'm like i know exactly what you're talking about i don't need like <laughs> what, what are we doing okay i have to go research after it's like yeah i know exactly what it go to silver city 
Dimitri's hits up uh, Williams and uh, yeah, catch the bus home. That, you know, I, I did a double bill of uh, Bo is afraid and are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, at the Burlington Silver City like yesterday, which I don't recommend <laughs> 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 because that was insane vibe shift. Um, but you know, they're <laughs> the Burlington Silver City is showing like a twenty four movies all the time, like. They have some of the best like programming, you know, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches there. It's awesome. Yeah, that's really, that's really good to hear um, because, yeah, again, it was like, you know, we need an art cinema or something. Well, good for the silver cities that they're, they're showing uh, good yeah. variety of stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Chandler. Really appreciate yeah, this. Thanks. Hope we'll speak to you again sometime with the next movie. And um, uh, yeah, thank you uh, again. Thank you for thinking of me. It was wonderful to, to talk to you. And um, yeah, uh, the nine, may the 905 reign forever. <laughs> That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.